This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Gohan from Dragon Ball Super, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Excuse me, Gohan, this is more of a narrator type thing. Uh, okay. Just do it more like a next time on Talk Time Live. Uh, next time on Talk Time Live. Don't quit your day job, Gohan. This week, wrestling gamers are once again frustrated with crashes occurring in WWE 2K18. No, wait. I meant 2K19. Or is it 2K20? Nah, it's definitely the recently released 2K22. Also... I talk about why it is best to not give your absolute thoughts on a game that just came out. We also talk about Kirby and the Forgotten Lands that just arrived today. And in our final stage, I review Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin for the PS5. All this and more in this edition of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live Extra. Select start. Welcome to the show to give you all the news, views, and opinions in the world of gaming. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live Extras. Select start with your host, Xavier Josiah. Power up and game on. Everybody, I am back with another game filled edition of Select Start. I am your host, Xavier Josiah, and for the next hour, we will talk all things games and a little bit more. But I hope everybody has had a great week. It is starting to warm up around here in Philadelphia. Um, feels great. I'm feeling great, and um, hope all is well with you. Uh, guys, didn't know if you own a Nintendo Switch, then you know 12 o'clock last night, Kirby in the Forgotten Lands has arrived digitally. It will be released in stores physically for everybody else who likes the physical copies. But I had a chance to play the first uh, level or two and I am looking very much forward to playing this game and reviewing this in the coming weeks because this just gives me Mario Odyssey vibes. And I've already heard from people that said, like who got earlier reviews of this, that said, this is a fantastic Kirby game. This is the best Kirby game. Actually, truth be told, this is my first ever Kirby game. If you don't count like Smash Brothers, this is the first actual standalone Kirby game that I've ever played. I never got a chance to play or I never had the uh, the want to play Kirby before. Not to say that I didn't like Kirby, but I just just never got a chance to do it. There were so many other games coming out. There were so many other things I was doing. Kirby just never came in until like I started playing Smash Brothers and everything. So this is indeed will be my very first time playing a standalone Kirby game like all the way through. So this is going to be fun. And look, it, uh, like the first few levels that I played, well, I played the demo a while back. So, you know, I, but, you know, because this is the full version, I w I'm able to go a little bit further. And I was watching it while I was watching um, uh, a DVR episode of Grownish last night, which was awesome, by the way. I'm that that's totally irrelevant to this to the theme of this podcast but i'm a big you know um kenya barris fan so you know grodish is one of my spots and they they did us justice so at playing that and watching uh playing kirby and watching that at the same time was just gold and um so i i am looking forward to playing this i'm probably going to play this immediately after i finish recording this so as you're listening to this right now i'm already on it so um but i will be reviewing that Probably in the coming weeks, I might make that another double review because I know I'm doing a double fighting game review next week. And then I'm probably going to do another, you know, double review in the next two weeks because I got to get Megatama Musashi in there. You guys got to know why you need to get that game. But it keeps getting pushed back because all these other games getting put in. So I'm just joining them up with another with like another one. So uh, Kirby may get the full final stage review for that. And Megatama Musashi may get the, you know, earlier segment review for that as well so but i'm looking forward to talking about all that but what i'm also looking forward to talking about right now and unfortunately it is what it is we got to talk suicide squad people um you know warner brother uh media 
and Warner Brothers games, you know, they were working on this. And unfortunately, you know, it was slated to come out in 2022, but unfortunately just announced recently, Suicide Squad killed the Justice League is delayed till 2023. Recently, Sefton Hill, which is the studio behind the upcoming game connected to the Batman Arkham uh, world, announced that they will not be able to release the game uh, as followed this year, and it will come out next year. Warner Media CEO Jason uh, Killar, it's actually, if you say it is killer, it's, uh, but I'm saying killer, I don't know how he pronounces it, but it just, it's K-I-L-A-R, so it's, I'm going to say Killar. <laughs> that is such a super villain name, you know, it's just amazing, but he tweeted a list of upcoming games slated for 2022, which did not mention the Suicide uh, Squad game, uh, which had people wondering if it was in fact delayed and it was in fact Sefton uh, Hill went on Twitter to say we've made the difficult decision to delay Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League till uh, spring 2023. I know a delay is frustrating, but that time is going to, into making the best we can, the best game we can, I should say. I look forward to bringing the chaos to Metropolis together. Thanks for your patience. The tweet included a three second video with the year 2022, well, it actually showed the Justice League first. I mean, not the Justice League, the Suicide uh, Squad first, and then clicked over really quickly to uh, the year of 2022, which began to be spray painted with a three over the two, letting fans know that it will be out uh, next year. So honestly, after what we went through with games like Marvel Avengers and which people still don't really talk about as much um, past WWE 2K games that had come out like 18 and 20. And then also, of course, infamously Cyberpunk uh, 2077. I am very much OK with them delaying this game. I, I don't you know, if anybody at this point in time is frustrated about them doing this. Shame on you and screw you okay because like here's the thing i'd rather be delayed a game and receive it when it comes out with a great experience and i can can i even add kingdom hearts to this kingdom hearts 3 not because they came out rushed but they took their god-given time like i say it all the time square enix you can say what they want but when they come out with games those games are what, what is actually square enix developing the game not publishing when they're developing the game it is on point when they're publishing the games and somebody else is doing it that's a whole nother thing <laughs> so when square enix is behind it they take their god-given time and when they do these games are awesome and i'm gonna bring back king of kingdom hearts 3 for a reason later on uh on this show but um yeah man it's uh it's it's pretty interesting that this is happening but guess what i am i rather like i rather be happy with a delayed game when it comes out that it has a great experience than a rush game that's gonna piss me off because i spent all this money on it so i'm okay with this i we got so many other games coming out i'm not entitled minded uh to need every single game at the ready like we got tons of games we can play our old games for that matter like it, the mindset that we have as as gamers not consumer not just consumers but gamers the mindset that we have is kind of really crazy because it's like once we play a game we barely do we do away with it like we don't go back to these games unless they're like ongoing experiences but you kind of go after these games over and over again and you want the next big thing and this is i don't know if this is a, a fact of our uh short attention society but it's just crazy like back when we were gaming in the 90s and all the stuff like we would go back to games all the time it was no big deal like we couldn't and then we were kids too so we really couldn't afford the games we had to rely on parents and all the stuff until we got jobs or whatever like that but it's it just it's so much more content now and this idea that we have to have everything now it's just it, it gets ridiculous after a while so i'm okay with the sefton game sefton hill take your god given time hell if it takes like five years for you to do it but it comes out to be a game of the year i'm all for it 
because this is a part of a franchise that has been really, really looked at as one of the greatest comic book game franchises ever, you know, at least up until the Spider-Man saga comes out. But the Arkham, the Arkham City, the Arkham, um, you know, saga is one of the greatest. So you can't look bad and you can't be like you see how people went after Arkham Origin and Arkham Origin wasn't even a bad game. OK, it was not even a bad game at all. It just didn't have the quality and caliber of the Arkham games. So I, I look, take your time. And like I said, when it like. Final Fantasy 15 took almost like a decade to come out. Final Fantasy 7 Remake. We don't even know how long that they worked on that game because they took their time to do it and they didn't even announce it until the right time. So but when it did, it was like one of the games of the year. You know, I still Final Fantasy 15 and Final Fantasy 7 Remake are two of my all time favorite Final Fantasy games right now. And, you know, it's just I a lot of that is due to the fact that they were patient. They took their time. They didn't let, you know, shareholders, you know, put pressure on them. And when it came out, it, it was a work of art. So people just be patient. It will be out. It's like I get it. They people act like there will be no tomorrow and you never know you. We never know how things are going to be in our daily lives. But sometimes you just got to let things go. You got to let things ride. If it is meant to be, you will see the enough said. So um, speaking of wrestling games and then WW2K. So apparently once again, <laughs> 2022. We're in a new generation of gaming. This is a new generation of evolution of gaming. At least we, unless it's, uh, at least I'm sorry, it's supposed to be. And here we have 2K games coming out with WWE 2K 22. That's supposed to be much better. This is the game that they put off a year for because they wanted to redo it. They wanted to revamp. They wanted to redeem themselves from what they did in 2020. And in a lot of cases, 2018, 2019 wasn't bad. But the problem was, was that 2019 was the last year you, you know, made a game for them. 2018 was a horrific year because they actually tried to come on a switch and the switch version was disastrous. Regardless, even though that game is somewhat playable, it is still a disaster. It, it has so many bugs in that game. 2020 was even worse because that was the game where Ukes decided to drop out and resign from working with them. Now they're working with AEW and um, along with the person behind the Aki engine. So I'm so looking forward to that. And 22 comes out. So immediately 22 comes out and you got fans who hasn't played, haven't played a like a legit 2K uh, 2K 20 style game in a while so they come out with this new version the biggest thing about this game the biggest difference in contrast about 22 the it's pretty much it is the new arcade like grappling system with the combo mechanic to it which is fun it is good i had a chance to you know play with it and check it out it is good but i told people i had this conversation with somebody on on social media not on my ACMG Facebook group, also on other uh, another group, a wrestling group. And it's just it's just one of these fans who consistently like you get fans and gamers who quickly, quickly already give their views after only like a few hours of play. It takes so much more than a few hours of play, like more than 24 hours of play to really see how a game fares. And when it comes to, you know, wrestling games and particularly the WWE 2K series, there's so much in those games. You cannot just review it, play a game and say, this game is great. This game is fun. This game is awesome. In its core, you could say it's fun. But as you gradually keep going into the game and you get deeper into the game, you start to realize the 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 lack of. You start to find the blemishes. You find the bugs and the glitches in there. And we've found them. I mean, 
I've as I got deeper into the game, it got it, you started seeing some things happen. And there's I've had more crashes with this 2K game than any game I've had on the PS5 since I've gotten it. And I looked on Twitter and apparently there's a lot of people who had these crashes too. most um, mostly on the universe mode, which is kind of the you know the cream of the crop of the whole entire thing there was also rendering issues that you know that that you know created crashes as well so it's this it's it's so sad and then also i've also shared i've also had a uh situation where which is a a traditional situation that happens on every 2k uh wrestling game is that there's a time when your character your uh, character model moves the wrong way and he starts to bend he, he becomes he looks disfigured and he's glitching up and everything so it, it's like one of those things and i'm like and to say if if you played cyberpunk 20 2077 on the playstation 4 you kind of get what i'm saying and it's playstation 5 too there were some issues with that at the time but like every the, the same mistakes and the same issues that are happening all the way back to 2k18 even 17 or 16 to that matter is still happening in 2022 why is this happening the whole point of having a new game system is to be able to create games that doesn't allow you to have these same issues so what is it is it the game system that is not powerful enough to handle this no you can't blame the game system. The same game system gives you everything you need to make a stellar game. You got to go to the developers because whatever they're doing, they're not doing right. So how can you consider 2K games even remotely a good game developer if they're still making the same mistakes? We still got crashes going on to this day on a game that should have evolved ages ago. It's not helping. And then again, it, it, even furthermore, here's the other part. And I know that they know that this was going to happen because they do not allow you to take video footage of their games. That to me is scavy as hell. They always block you from taking any type of footage that involves you, uh, any glitches in the system. They purposely did that because they know that they're they're not adding they're not doing what they're supposed to do. That to me is bad. That is bad customer service. And this is the time. And and at the same time, it's like for anybody who gets this game, at this point, I can't blame 2K games entirely, except for the fact that they created a a flawed game it's forever broken it's always going to be the same and now that you can't even play in universe mode which is which is crazy um the my rise mode is is where they want you to stay i feel like it's everything that happens in this game is it feels orchestrated but i don't want to play conspiracy theory on that but it's it's just it's an it's insane and i feel bad but at the same time it's like you know what you're getting yourself into when you buy a 2k game it's like fool me once shame on you fool me twice shame on me fool me multiple times you're a dumbass for even keep going back that's pretty much the case here so it's like people shouldn't be mad they, they damn sure should be disappointed and at that time they should damn sure stop supporting this company because this is which we're still getting the same issues from 2018. They have not evolved one bit. They are, to me, I think this company is a bunch of hacks. And then on top of that, they try to avoid the situation. They will try to, I mean, they got people that are coming in. I don't know if it's bots or anything that are going online, you know, responding to people, but I've had this situation back in 2018 with 2K when, when this stuff was happening back then. And they are so bad at handling situations. It is terrible. Like this is like 2K games to me is one of the worst game development companies ever. 
in terms of the quality of their development and in terms of their customer service. It is just horrible. So, and this is why I keep telling you guys, don't rush to give your opinion about a game because you're giving misinformation and false information to people when you haven't thoroughly played the game. When, when you play a game like 2K, you know, anything, but in particular, like WWE 2K, you got to play through every single mode to see if it works to every single thing. You got to play for hours. You got to play deeply because if you, if you don't, you're going to give somebody wrong information. They're going to buy it. And then they're going to be mad at you because you gave them that recommendation. And it's like crap. So that's all I'm saying. I will give, I, I was very intrigued. And for one, just one time I needed to watch X play because as you guys know, Xavier Woods, AKA Austin Creed from WWE fame works for that company. He works on X play. He does a lot of G four, uh, you know, shows and whatnot. So they had the unenviable task of reviewing WWE 2K and to their credit, even with Austin Creed reviewing it himself, I will give them credit. They gave a fair review and assessment of the game. Um, even Creed to his extent gave his, you know, he gave his honest, unbiased, very, and when I say unbiased, it was unbiased, unbiased thoughts and reviews on the game itself. But Adam Sessler kind of backed it up as well. Also saying like this game is fun at the end of the day and it's core, but due to the issues that the game has had, they wanted to give it a, you know, four out of five stars, but instead they gave it a three out of five stars. And I thought that was fair. I thought that was fair because the most part, I think that's what I'm, I would give it to from a grade point of, uh, from a grade uh, average. That game is a C, but that's not a bad, that's, that's, that's not a good thing at all. <laughs> this, this is the new age of the idea of, of these developers coming out with these new illustrious elaborate games is you're supposed to make games that make people want to buy these brand new, expensive, hard to get game consoles so your job should be make this look and feel next level in every direction because why would i want to go get a ps5 or xbox series x or s if it's going to do the same thing that the xbox three xbox one or the playstation 4 is doing this is supposed to we supposed to be over these issues this is not supposed to be in wwe 2k once again, has failed a lot of people on that factor. So it's unfortunate. It is very much unfortunate. Um, I don't know what to tell people. I don't know what to tell you guys, but you know, you kind of knew you should have known this was going to happen. You, sh you really should have known this was going to happen. I was not surprised. All I know is that I'm glad that AEW is taking their God given time, just like Sefton uh, Hill. It, it just like Square Enix, they're taking their time. And I love the interviews that Kenny Omega is having or had where he claims that they're not going to be better and they're not going to have the production value. I'm like, you're so talking such bull. You know damn well you're going to do. We already saw demos, you know, gameplay foot uh, video of the game, which looks just visually looks better than WWE 2K. And it plays it looks like it plays a little better WWE 2K. I mean, just the lighting and shadowing of it is just like beyond awesome. I think that they wanted to take their time to develop this game, but even more now to be able to see what WWE is going to do. And now that they saw what WWE is doing, they can play off of that and learn from their mistakes. They're playing on the defense. I am looking forward to this game because now they're playing for this game thoroughly. They're seeing the crashes they're going through. If you don't think that, you know, uh, AEW is playing, not playing um, WWE 2K, you're sadly mistaken. They're deeply playing that game. They're, they're deeply playing that game for observation, for analysis, and to see what they can implement in their games that is not on air and do what they have not done and not make the same mistakes. I Look, take your time. Now, granted, with that said, I am eagerly awaiting 
for this because they're also talking about doing it for the switch too so this is is one thing to do it for the playstation and the xbox but aside from retromania wrestling like which to me is still right now the most solid gameplay experience of wrestling that they have may not have the depth and, and you know depth and in, in, in graphic power that wwe uh, wwe 2k has but to their credit they have a very solid fun playable game bar none that does not crash <laughs> it does not crash one bit so i am very happy with what they've done in there so i mean but you know we we're voided and i say we i mean people who are you know nintendo switch fans you know and owners we're voided of a really fully you know wrestling simulated experience and if they can achieve getting it on the switch i think they will win the video game war as much as they were winning the wrestling war right now so if they come out with a game that is really uh you know reminiscent of Mer uh, no mercy or virtual uh, virtual pro um wwe's in trouble in this case in this market they are in trouble i mean it's it'll be the same thing but in video game form and in the video game industry so we will see it's just a crime in my opinion it's, I, 2k games is the wwe in, of the gaming industry if you're a wrestling fan you totally understand what that means from there so folks that will do it for this edition and this segment we're going to take a break come back and I'm going to review Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origins for the PlayStation 5. We're going to do that right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, the voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter 5. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go. Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on TalkTimeLive.com. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! You have reached the final stage of this program and i am here to review stranger of paradise final fantasy origins for the ps5 i was eagerly waiting to play this game and once i got into it i felt a little bit lukewarm and because of the presentation because of how they did things with this game um i, I don't get me wrong i'm enjoying it i like it but i'm not in love with it and i've played throughout the entire time and it's a very fun playable game I, I especially if you're one of those people who have played elden rings find it to be too, way too difficult and challenging and, and cutthroat this is kind of that but a more delicate version like they give you choice they give you almost everything you need to enjoy the experience and enjoy the story of the game because they don't you know if you if you just want you know this is square enix so square enix really go, does a great job and you know allowing you to just enjoy the great story that they write for you that they you know write for their fans and of the series and whatnot so you get to enjoy that and just rush through the game if you want or if you want to challenge yourself you have that choice i think all games should be about choice i mean the reason why i say that too is just like I think when you don't give people the the choice to of how they want to play, I think you will turn them away faster. I think that 
if you go into a gym, I'm gonna use this analogy. If you go into a gym and somebody just, you know, you've never been to a gym before, but you want to get that gym experience. You want to be able to, um, be, you know, go there, improve on your body, become more healthier. But you come across some, you know, jo some really big dudes or trainers or whatnot that are just too hardcore. They just want you to start heavy. You know, they start you off with supersets. And if you don't know what supersets is, supersets is just an enormous amount of weight that you got to lift that you should only lift if you are prepared to lift it. So they, it's like going into a gym and starting with supersets of weights and you're bench pressing like two, like four 45 pound plates at once. You've never lifted a barbell or whatever or anything ever before, but they want you to start here. What, what, what happens to you is that if you feel like it is too heavy, too much of a burden of you, you don't want to do it anymore, which is why every real good trainer tells you to start. Even if you got to start with 10 pounds, you start with 10 pounds. If you got to work your way up from, you know, 15 pounds to 20 pounds to 30 pounds to 40 pounds until you get stronger to do it, you're supposed to have choice and you're supposed to have the right choice. So otherwise you will sabotage your, your experience in a gym and you may not ever want to go to a gym anymore because you think it's too hard you got to start from the top. If that was the case, there would be no 10 pound weights or 15 pound weights or 20 pound weights. Games should be about choice. Never play a game that does not give you choice. That to me is just like I, people talk about they love Cuphead, but you know, screw that. Those same people would never go into a gym and lift a superset. Okay. <laughs> so I just think that like, you know, there's no problem with having choice and playing games, you know, that are easier to play because it gives you an idea what you look out for. And maybe you want to challenge yourself even more because you enjoy the game that much. You may want to play a harder challenge. Give yourself the, they have to give you the option for that. And Square Enix, much to the credit, always does that. And so this is like for the Elden Ring fans that like the Elder Ring look and feel, but don't like the big challenge in here. You know, this is not an open world game. This is more stage, uh, you know, this is map design. Well, I'll get to the map part in a minute, but this is more stage design than anything. Um, but for the most part, it is an enjoyable game, but it, it there is some things that I will discuss that I feel like needs to be acknowledged. So let's start with the story here because Koi Tecmo and Team Ninja comes together to create a new action role-playing game based around the world of the uh, very first Final Fantasy, the original Final Fantasy. Stranger in Paradise is a direct spinoff of the original game that spearheaded the dynasty of gaming dating back to 1987 when Square Enix was just known as Square or for most notably Squaresoft. The story tell the story uh, tells the tale of Jack, who is hell bent on destroying the dark being known as Chaos, which was the villain from Final Fantasy One, if I'm correct. Jack is joined by fellow warriors of light members Ash and Jed, the primary members, but there are two more that comes later on, uh, who will accompany you, but has doubts about their value in the in the mission due to the fact that they lost their memory and, and why they are doing this. So the plot will begin to unveil as you go along. Each path that go that they take uh, takes them closer to finding chaos, but also unlocking secrets of their memories along the way. So that's my non-spoiler version of it. So let's go to pros and cons here. And the pros, the pros are good. Um, it is a fun action RPG game. Uh, it is a simple, in player friendly control scheme that allows you to, uh, that allows anyone to play, you know, easily. I mean, you have an attack button that unleashes combos. You got an MP button that lets you get the final blow after attacks. Now, each time that you use the MP attack, you will use up energy to, you know, of your MP gauge. So you got to be careful how many times you use that. You can build up MP by continuing to do combo attacks with the enemies along the way and just keep unleashing. You also have special attacks that you can unleash depending on the job class that you have. Now, I also like the fact that the default 
control scheme has you wanting to use the shoulder buttons a la uh what was the game i was just playing horizon forbidden west but much credit to square enix again if you don't, if you're used to just playing it the traditional way which is like the triangle square x uh and circle button they allow you to reconfigure it to do it that way as well so i i did appreciate that uh because i like to i like the idea of the shoulder buttons being the new trendy thing to do but i also like the the original traditional way as well because sometimes just trying to reach to do something one thing because you can't this is one of those games where you can't jump either so if trying to reach to do a a, a you know avoid move or whatever like that it just doesn't feel right just try to evade it just doesn't feel right to me personally so i you know i transitioned back to the traditional way and i you know it feels good it, either or either or is not a bad control scheme way i will tell you that uh so i just like that again they give you choice here uh i like how the game feels like an actual turn-based uh, rpg but in real time like they give you everything that you would love about in a, a japanese R uh, role-playing game except the turn-based aspect uh i this is the one reason why i never really like playing turn-based games there are some exceptions to that um fairy tale i will shout that out to the world because fairy tale is one of my all-time favorite turn-based rpg games because it's so rapid fast it is awesome but other than that it's like re the rest of them like the ones from the 90s and everything it's just it, it's so dragging it drags so much it's like and i'm just standing there i'm not defending myself it hits me i hit them it just and it just keeps going that way it's it's like a it's like a strong style match it pretty much so there are when you talk about job classes too there are a lot of job classes for you to master including swordsman duelist which is daggers kunai etc puglis which is bare knuckles so you got gloves that you can wear um magic you know mages uh which is magic lancers uh sword fighting which is sword and shield ronin which is samurai sword marauders battle axe warriors which is pretty much all weapons uh white and black mages and i believe there are more cl uh, job classes available as well as you're going along so uh collecting and upgrading items of the clothing and the weapons as you are you know fighting through the stages and dungeons to keep up with the boss battles that you'll get so basically what happens is every almost every enemy that you defeat they will release a new item or weapon or whatever that will be stronger than the last weapon that you have and it all through the run of the stages every character will have that so you'll in your in your entire like item chart your item uh section it will be filled up with all these items and weapons that you can switch with all the characters with and you'll be changing and customizing your characters with different clothing that will have different uh attributes to it and it'll make you stronger sometimes you'll go into a stage not leveled up but by the time you as you're going through the game you'll level up because you'll unleash new you'll unleash like new clothing and weapons that will pretty much allow you to uh you know be at the level by the time you reach the boss so i mean that's a good system it's okay but i will also give my cons with that as well uh in a few so uh they also have the skill tree system for upgrading the job classes which is great as well uh beautiful weapon and clothing design i i do i i, I mean it's final fantasy they've always had some awesome awesome clothing and costume designs and, and weapons there so this is no different i love what they did here on that note uh this is a game like dark souls and, and elden rings but it, it's um the difference is there's a very well represented black character in there like he looks like a black character he has the hairstyle of a black character i thought i'd just point it out because that was one of my biggest pet peeves about elden rings okay i mean even though this is one character they made the character look and gave him the hairstyle that was represented now I, you know it's funny i could have sworn when the demo came out that ash had a he had locks i could have sworn this dude had locks when he uh he came out i gotta look back i swear to goodness this dude had locks and maybe they just changed i don't know but um i, I believe i have a screen print 
somewhere on the ACMG Facebook group. But I'm gonna check it out because I think they might have changed his hairstyle. But nonetheless, the dude is dope. Uh, like I like him in the game. But just the idea that's like you have this game right here. And I got into like a discussion with somebody online as they were trying to explain that this type of Norse type of situation, this this type of game wouldn't necessarily have, you know, people of color there. Well, you got this game and then furthermore, God of War uh, Ragnarok is going to have a black character in there, too. So I, I don't know what his, what his dude argument, but his argument is, is wrong because now they're having, you know, characters of color in here. And it's just like, OK, maybe they did say Norse mythology that they, they didn't mention anybody, but it doesn't mean that they weren't there. They had to have been there. They just not been mentioned. Hello. Have you have you met America and how they, you know, tend to dismiss history of us in there okay <laughs> so there's that <laughs> but also um one of the other pros is that you have the ability you know to, like to, uh to watch cutscenes again in their archives which i thought was really cool too because i mean you could want to play it again and i don't know if there's new game plus in there but at least if you wanted to you could just skip the game and just watch all of the cutscenes that you have played through already. And there's a lot, there's a hell of a lot of cutscenes in there as well. So you got that option. So, all right, now to the cons here. In terms of the graphics and resolution, I wasn't exactly impressed with this. Um, not nearly as impressed as I was with, uh, with Final Fantasy VII Remake. Hell, I just played Kingdom Hearts um, Remind which I never, I've, I've had it in my backlog for quite some time and I never played it. So I decided to play it and I just realized how awesome this game looks on a PS5. And I believe when they came out with this game, it was, they made it and formatted it for the PlayStation 4 Pro, which was built for 4K, which technically is the PS5 at this point, just the processor is not as good. Um, but it looks, I didn't realize how fantastic Kingdom Hearts 3 looks. And again, then again, I didn't have the 4K television that I had now. I think I had my, my last um, television was 4K, but it wasn't it wasn't a good 4K TV and it wasn't formatted for, you know, likes a PS5. When I got my PS5, I also got a new TV with it to be able to hold, be able to handle it. So, um, no, but this looks absolutely fantastic. It actually looks better. Kingdom Hearts 3 actually looks a tad bit better than uh, this this game <laughs> that I'm reviewing right now. So, but it just it just feels a little bit off to me. The resolution and texture of the character models uh, and environments just looks a bit off. First of all, it is way too dark everywhere you go. Even if you turn up the brightness, it is way too dark. It, I mean, it just almost looks like a PS4 game with faster loading time to me. And a lot of the games, from, like I said, Kingdom Hearts looks fantastic on a, on a PlayStation Five. Um, it it you know there's some games that just doesn't look any way different from the PS4. We haven't there's some games that just hasn't graduated to that PS5. Like we don't got a, a lot of Horizon uh, Forbidden West out there or or Judgment Lost out there yet. You know there is still more games to be had that is going to be leveling up. Definitely not WWE 2K22, people. I'm just saying. So, um, I, you know, and furthermore, when we talk about character models or just characters themselves, I'm not really into the characters as I was with Final Fantasy 7 or 15 in this case. Um, Jack is just, he he's just not an appealing character to me. He, he, he just comes off bland. And even furthermore, his look doesn't match doesn't give me that Final Fantasy feel like because Final Fantasy to me has always been you had these these uh, overly flamboyant, you know, looking characters with these really awesome couture, you know, you know, um, they're masculine, but flamboyant at the same time. Um, but they also had these like really awesome couture costumes that go with it. Like Jack just looks like a construction worker. Like who were he lives in, in Midgard or, or um he just matter of fact, yeah, honestly, he looks like Paul Walker from the Fast and the Furious in medieval in a medieval setting. 
<laughs> with a modern day like haircut. It's just something about it looks like they even came in at the time. They just he came in with a T-shirt. Ash came in with a tank top like none of them. Just it just looks so ordinary. It just looks so out of place. Even when you add costumes to them, Jack still looks out of place. I don't know what's happening to that situation, but he just he's he's the least appealing of characters in the game. Jed actually looks more like the Final Fantasy standard than you would expect. Ash actually even looks like a Final Fantasy standard, but Jack just looks like he's in the wrong game. Like he looks like he should be on Grand Theft Auto <laughs> here. So um, I talked about leveling up in terms of getting like new costumes and, and, and weapons and such. It's cool, but it's also a problem as well. Leveling up is collecting too many items. While I appreciate the ability to level up quickly by collecting more powerful clothing items and weapons, it can be a bit overwhelming as you're, you know, as you end up like with hordes of items that eventually you'll have to discard. And it becomes a tedious process because you also have to go into like you, it has you going in and out of the battle settings to change your parties, your, your entire party into more powerful gear and weapons, which can take you out of the groove of the gameplay. Like, so you, you face a good, a, a nice amount of enemies here. You get more higher weapons. You pause the game for a minute. You go into the battle settings and you change, you upgrade the clothing. Cool. You go, then you go into another section, which is not that far away. It's like a few feet away from the place that you were just fighting at. And you fight another group of people and you collect another set of items. And then that those items are a little bit higher than the ones prior to. And then you're going back into settings again. So there's a level of tedium in here that takes the takes away the experience. And this might have sound good at the beginning, but it doesn't come off as well as it should. It's, it doesn't execute well because you're it has you like I'll give you an example. When you're playing Final Fantasy seven remake, if you get something new, you don't get anything new for quite a while, maybe till like a next stage or whatever like that may or the more powerful items you got to hide and get whatever like that. This one here seems a bit arcadey and it doesn't play well because it's just too much going on. And then furthermore, you can't even go on to other missions until you discard a whole bunch of other things. You don't go to shops and sell them. You just discard them. It, it's it's a simplistic process but it's also a tedious process and i rather them just give me places that i could buy costumes or you know find costumes or whatever like that or weapons like you do in every other you know final fantasy game or whatnot i'd rather have you just do that because to me it's just it 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 going in and out of there it's just like it drags the time and speaking of dragging you know what even drags you more about this game the fact that there are no maps at all not one mini map not no overhub map nothing there are no maps in this game at all and i was floored i now here's the thing while i'm saying this i will say that some of the stages that you will go in are easy to navigate through and you know it's okay you will get through some of the stages without having a map some of the stages are designed to lead you right into the areas that you need to go into. However, there are other stages that will have you going in circles trying to find where you need to go because everything is just there. The corridors that you enter is like a maze and you're going through these corridors and it's like, what did I just hear? I swear I spent more than a half hour just trying to find the areas that like I've already beaten all of the areas with all the enemies and they don't what the thing is too if you save the game if you find the save spot and you revamp it all of those enemies that you already beat replay like they they uh they resurrect so you gotta go if you go back to the area that you were before you gotta fight them again maybe you're strong enough to fight them maybe not but either way it can be irritating because you've already been through this area and you're going in circles over and over again and I found myself spending so much time trying to find my way through stages. I could have gotten easier if I had a mini map that showed me exactly where I was before. 
I believe this is something that Elden Rings have done too. And I, I am hoping that this does not become a trend as maps help gamers get through spots faster if they don't have, you know, that much time to dwell in. Because like, I mean, let's be real. The demographics of gamers that we have are adults who got to go to work the next day or college kids who got to go to school the next day or got to do something the other day and they just want to get in and play and enjoy. Or you got kids who has to go to school the next day. So how imagine having no map to help you guide you through these certain stages. And I know there's always one or two people who say like, it's not that bad. Look, for those one or two people, those minority of people that don't think it's bad, I question what you do for a living. Because look, people don't have that much time to play. They wanna get through, play the experience, enjoy the experience, enjoy the stories, enjoy the characters and get through. It just shows how important it is to have a map in a game. And that was just one of my things. Now, I guess, you know, it's funny too, because I actually got to go into, um, where was, yeah, I actually asked this question and asked people, do you prefer your open world action and adventure games with or without maps? Unanimously, everybody who answered said they require maps in games. It helps them through. It really, you know, it, what? Shout out to Phil Chu. He actually said it depends on the mood, but I do like open world games with a map. You know, it, it, and I, it just depends on how it's designed. <coughs> designs, it design, uh, designs do play a factor in this. I mean, but everybody for the most part, Matt Croft, Mel Davis Jr., um, Alana Wilson, all of them said maps. Like what? Are, what? Are, like crazy? Like. Demetrius uh, Jackwas actually, you know, on a group said, who run, who wants to run around without a map? <laughs> I mean, like the idea is just, it's, it's, it's insane. So I, I, I don't understand this. I hope this is not a trend. I really don't need this to be a trend. The other issue that I had with this is also that some of the, there, there's a, there's a bunch of collision detection issues in this game. Um, just not only with the idea of the clothing coming together, like some clothing that you have, you can mix, you can mix and match, but some of them don't, you know, they don't connect together easily. Furthermore, if you look at some cutscenes based on the clothing that they wear, you can see where some of the characters, because the cutscenes are sort of in real time, they're using the actual models from the game. So whatever you wear, no matter what cutscene you're on, you're going to see that cutscene with the recently worn clothing that you have. One of the characters in the game touches one of the, uh, uh, touches Jack or whatever like that, or touches Jed, I believe. And her whole entire hand goes through the clothing. So it doesn't even recognize or acknowledge that there there's clothing there. I think that's a problem. It, it, that's a big problem to me. This is like a glory. This whole entire game to me is a glorified PS4 game <laughs> in, a, in a nutshell. Like this is again, these are games that we should not be having these issues in. We're paying a lot of money for these new generation games. Why are we still having these same issues from back dating back to the PlayStation three? <laughs> okay. And then, you know, my last thing, my last two things here is drifting issues. Uh, when in a battle settings, if you move the analog stick to see your character model, it will begin to turn on its own. It thankfully it doesn't happen when you're doing in game, or at least I don't know if it happens for anybody else. Um, when you're actually doing the, uh, in game movement, but it's something that I noticed that it's like, I know I have a feeling this is not supposed to happen. I'm waiting for a patch to come to fix that. And then the targeting system needs a little bit tightening. It does. Okay. But you know, when you're in a, in a room full of enemies, it doesn't really connect you or targeted you to the actual, you know, enemy that you want to take out first. And you're still using the analog stick, you know, to move the camera around to find out who it is. But overall, you know, as I speak of these cons, it's, it's, how can I say this? It's positive times negative equals negative, I guess, in a sense, like it has a, a fair amount of pros and a fair amount of cons with it as well. But at the end of the day, if, if it's, if you were talking about 
this being a quality Final Fantasy game. It's good. It's great, but not great. I like it, but I'm not in love with it. It doesn't do the Final Fantasy franchise complete justice here. Um, and this is not the first really not so successful, you know, Final Fantasy game I, I think was out there. There was a bunch of Final Fantasy spinoffs that just came out that didn't live up to his expectations of the of the franchise. And one of them was not um, it was not uh, the the PSP game um, Crisis Core. That was awesome. It was one with, with the character Valentine that everybody wanted that looked like it was going to be awesome, but it ended up not being as awesome as everybody wanted to be. I mean, so you had some, yeah, some not so good games. This is good, but not as great. Um, and therefore, I if I give this a grade, like I think the idea of the map, the lack of a map to me is a big deal because I will enjoy the game at the beginning, but as you're starting to play along, you start to drain out. You start to lose like all the fun of it because you're now going in circles and it's not fun anymore. I don't know why traveling without a map is ever fun. You know, that's why we have GPS. That's why, you know, we no longer use those roadmaps anymore. You know, that's why when you go somewhere, you better damn sure have a GPS with you. I hope that there will be a patch down the line that will have a map or whatever like that. Cause if they do, I would actually replay the game again. I would actually give it a better score than I have now, but there's also those other issues as well. That is, uh, you know, spawning the situation. So I would love to give this a, a really good grade because it's the final fantasy franchise, but unfortunately I cannot because of the issues that it's having. And it's because it's a fair amount of positive times a fair amount of negative it's going to be a negative for me but at best i would give this a b minus i don't think i barely give b minus games a lot and it's sad that i'm giving it to a uh final fantasy game but koi tecmo is it and, and team ninja are known for really making some really good games this is not their best this is by far not their best this is the same group that gave us uh marvel ultimate alliance 3 okay <laughs> So like, I, 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 I'm just, I'm disappointed in this. It could have been a lot better. Could have been a lot more fun. I don't know whose idea to do all this farming of items or whatnot, but it just doesn't work for me. So B minus for me on that note, you know, if you are a Final Fantasy fan, I would say at least wait till this goes on sale. This is not a game that is worth getting now. This is a game. That is fun to play and by the time it goes on sale maybe they'll patch up a lot of things that are going on with it and there's also some dlc stuff that is coming down the line too so we'll see how that goes from there folks that will do it for this edition of select start i hope you guys enjoyed it it's great to be back and uh, i look forward to doing more with you we got a lot going on like i said next week we're doing a double fighting game review with persona 4 arena ultimax and phantom breaker omnia and this is going to spawn a conversation a discussion I've had for weeks since I started playing this in regards to how fighting games are developed these days and this new trend of fighting games versus the traditional way of fighting games. So um, we're going to talk about that next week as well. And then the following week, um, Kirby in a Forgotten Land, uh, Megatom Musashi will be joined in with that as well. And this Sunday, since I'm going to start the bandwagon with Persona 4, I'm may just review persona 4 of the animation uh not the golden animation there's two different for those who don't know there are two different persona 4 series out there um one that was english dub which was their first one and then the second one was based on the psp game that came out but it was only done in uh in subtitle so maybe i'll do that one down the line but i figured i'd do the one that was uh dubbed first i got it on amazon prime so i'll be more than happy to uh look into that but the following weeks on uh talk time live the prime show we got boo night coming out we got morbius coming out we got sonic 2 so we're running down the line it's all coming so i'm looking forward to this and in our talktimelive.com blogs 
I got some really cool My Hero Academia stuff coming that I will be doing in the unbox section. So be sure to check out this episode and every episode on TalkTimeLive.com along with exclusive video interviews and my panels from the Repop Metaverse of last year that is all on air with my interviews with the cast of Bleach, the cast of Sailor Moon, that time I got reincarnated as, as a slime, My Hero Academia, the core cast of My Hero Academia. Love that uh, panel. And uh, Pokemon, the OGs, all there on TalkTimeLive.com. Go out of your way to check it out. You can also uh, listen to this podcast on all of your favorite podcast platforms, such as Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, TuneIn, Audible, uh, Pocket Cast, Pandora, and of course, all of you people in Tumblr out there. Shout out to you guys out there as well. So again, thank you guys. I am glad to be back and uh, we're going to keep it going and keep it growing from this point on. So that'll do it for me. On behalf of myself, this is Dak Xavier Josiah saying, learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. We are out of here. Take care and I'll talk to you guys Sunday. Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.